You're listening to the Independent News Hour on WBAI 99.5 FM, also streaming on WBAI.org. I'm your host, John Tarleton, Editor-in-Chief of the Independent, a newspaper here in New York. Uh, we're also online at independent.org, I-N-D-Y-P-E-N-D-E-N-T.org. We're also on social media, uh, especially uh, active on Twitter. We've had a lot of coverage of uh, the nurses' strike uh, on our Twitter feed, uh, the last couple of days. And, uh, uh, I understand we have two callers waiting and we're going to go to them in a moment. Just a reminder, please support this station. If you can, 212-209-2950, give number two, WBAI.org, help keep our transmitter and antenna beaming away at Times Square. And uh, we've got, uh, uh, several callers on the line. Um, so, uh, let's, uh, move forward with that. Um, first caller, if, if you're there, uh, can you tell us your name and where you're calling from? Mercedes calling from Brooklyn. Hello? This is Mercedes calling from Brooklyn. Uh, hi, Mercedes. Welcome to WBAI. Yeah, hi. Um, it's sad that we're back to the 1980s when we had to do the same thing. Because administrators don't understand that nurses, they are risking nurses' licenses when they don't provide them with sufficient staff to respond to the patients, especially emergencies, whether down in the emergency room or up on Mm -hmm. the unit. When a nurse has six and seven patients, she cannot be aware at, at a moment's notice of what's going on in a particular room. So you're stressing her out. You're putting her license in danger because nurses do not respond to doctors. Nurses have their own license to practice. If the doctor makes a mistake, the nurse has to catch it. She can't just give the patient a medication because the doctor ordered it. She has to know pharmacology, and the public has to understand this. So when you load her with patients and she's rushing and not paying attention to the order to see that maybe there is a mistake, now she's in trouble and she's going to lose her license. Secondly, administration, the government, Medicaid, Medicare, and private companies need to take a look at how they are staffed at the administrative level out in those other offices and let them cut that down and bring in more staff and stop using so many agency nurses who just drop in now and then and the regular nurse has to clean up behind them. People don't know the seriousness of what's going on in there. Okay? So that means right. not just but, there eight hours as a maid. She has a license, and she has to be on top of what's going on on that unit. It may look like she's doing nothing. Okay? okay. Well, it, it, thank you for sharing that, Mercedes. We, we have uh, several more callers in line uh, we're going to go to, but thanks again for calling us uh, here at WBAI. Uh, uh, The next caller, if you can give your name and where you're calling from. Sure. I'm Gary, and I'm in New York City. And first, kudos to Mercedes. She said it just as it is. Uh, I think everyone who's been in the hospital realizes the risk in it. Uh, But I'm talking about the plan to essentially delete the hospital and Medicare benefits uh, by the municipal union leaders. Not all of them, but the worst one being since I was a teacher for 33 years, is the UFT. Right. And their, and their view 
Mulgrew's view that if I can get $600 million a year divided between the other unions, I have my, my salary increases taken care of for as long as it is necessary. There's a critical thing that happened with municipal workers during 9-11. Tens of thousands were exposed to the 9-11 toxins, I myself being one of them. And it's mm. changed my life. Those, all of us who've had those experiences, I taught in a school that within the first five years, 20 people died. In the next three years, another 15, all 9-11 results. This was in Lower Manhattan where you were this teaching? in Lower Manhattan. I'll mention the school. It's Stuyvesant High School. Uh, many, aside from people retiring, but essentially people were given misinformation and state. I'm alive because I left. Others are not so fortunate. But the real issue is what Mulgrew and the unions want. And that's a guaranteed payoff, okay, to keep their membership. He makes over a million dollars a year. Randy Weingarten, the head of the UFT, makes $1.5 million a year. So this is a joke. None of them have ever been in a room. The risks to me and to many members who have access to specific doctors who know exactly what the 9-11 protocols are is very significant. What's also significant is the union of Orthodox rabbis and the Catholic Church are afraid of the mitigation of end-of-life care. So these people are reckless. They're essentially hoodlums, okay, bargaining away. The, the balance sheet, they're gone. They'll be in the other careers. Yep. We don't have any kind of option because we're on a fixed income. We can't remake our lives. Right. I appreciate you sharing your story, Gary. We've got a couple more people waiting to come on the air, but thank you for calling us here on the Independent News Hour. I believe we have another caller coming up. You can tell us your name and where you're calling from. Hello. Yes, Hi, you're on WBAI 99.5 FM. Yes. My name is David. In California, they have a law which uh, caps nurses to six patients. And... Um, that's a big factor because here in New York uh, State, you know, depending upon the hospital, you know, there's nurses that are being overworked, overrun, and they have to deal with maybe 12 patients. Imagine dealing with 12 patients and they're burning them out and they're overstressing them. And if you go to the hospital, there's something called the hospitalist, medical doctor, physician, which is a outsourced doctor that comes in per diem and they are not the same quality as a MD on you know as an employee they're using nurse practitioners in place of medical doctors they're, they're using physician assistants as replacement for medical doctors you know you will not know necessarily that you're being seen by a resident who has little experience. You don't know who is the attending, who's very likely, you know, also fairly new. And the reality is, um, unlike California, um, they're whittling down the medical quality. 
and that goes, you know, for Wild Cornell and Mount Sinai. So, you know, when you go to an ER, you don't know you're seeing a resident. You know, you don't know who's the attending. It's a scam. It's about profits. Insurance companies dictate medical treatment. Contact the pharmacy. I have a friend who's a pharmacist. They tell him how, how, what they're going to approve or not. Private clinical physicians, they are the insurance dictate medic, uh, medication prescriptions and if they're going to continue and generic. This is a business. And also regarding the pensions, NYPD, right. uh, quickly. All right, we have, we have 15 more seconds, David. Um, yes. Unfortunately, we're running NYPD out of time. The officers have a pension of 80, of 95 grand. And uh, FDNY typically after 20 years make $110,000 pension. What are they complaining about? Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, David. Thank you to all our uh, callers who joined us in the last part of this show. Uh, you've been listening to the Independent News Hour here on WBAI 99.5 FM. We'll be back same time next week, 5 to 6 p.m., right here on this radio station. Please support WBAI, uh, 212-209-2950. Become a WBAI buddy. Make a one-time donation, whatever you can. Keep this radio station on the air. We have some bills we need to catch up on. And I want to thank our board operator, Reggie Johnson. Also want to thank uh, Amba Gagarian, who helped out with all the music selections uh, uh, today, even though she couldn't uh, be with us. Also, uh, Renee Feltz and Sue Brisk helped with the show. And uh, uh, we're going to leave here with uh, one more song uh, called Which I Believe I Am by Damon Locks and the Black Monument Ensemble. <laughs>